about it. Andy, I need a little extra time. Uh, this is one of them nights where, you know, I had a whole show planned out and then there's been some uh, some updates that have just come down over the last couple of hours. I'm like, what about my show? What about my show? You gonna make my labor go to waste? I mean, come on. We still gonna get it, get it done, though. Let's talk about it. We got a lot to talk about right here. KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome to the Danny Morrison Show, the whole nine of the nighttime right at nine. You know, it's been a great day thus far with me being able to shake the hand of the incomparable Master P, who was at the KBLA studios earlier today, and I was able to lay down and uh, get a little rest afterwards for the first time in days. Been a pretty strong day thus far. But after seeing a news report regarding one of our black celebs being mistreated within our judicial system, and now that even it's uh, happening within the prison industrial complex, I wasn't interested in making them say, uh, tonight. I found myself saying, huh? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. We got to get through it. For those unaware, as I briefly discussed earlier this week, actor Jesse Smollett was convicted and sentenced to 150 days in jail of low-level felonies for lying to police about being a victim of a hate crime attack. Prosecutors argued at sentencing that he denigrated real victims of hate crimes when he staged a phony assault on himself involving racial slurs, homophobic epithets, and a noose, end quote. And according to MSN, it was reported on Monday that Jussie had just left the psych ward at Cook County Jail, which his brother said was only possible because of his fans. Jockey Smollett thanked the public on social media for their support after their pressure reportedly got him out of a restrained bed and into a normal one. Taking the social media to praise the free Jussie movement, he said, and I quote, Cook County doesn't really move until they get bad publicity. Keep continuing to call Cook County Jail, checking in on him, and keep saying that you believe that he should be free, end quote. And apparently, Jockey was right. There's been an update. Half of what we are asking for, but a good update nonetheless. Jussie Smollett was ordered released from jail earlier today after a court agreed to stay the sentence a judge handed down last week, according to court documents. A court granted a motion today that he be allowed to be freed on bond pending an appeal. The motion asked that the sentence be stayed or put on hold. Hopefully, he will never see the inside of a jail cell ever again. But the arrest, conviction, and the sentencing still took place. I see you racist white people. Don't try to cover up now. There's no coming back from that. And I find it funny that if law enforcement cared so much about wasting government resources, they're only proving their detractors right by taking us through this farce of a trial and subsequently sending Jussie home after all was said and done. Now, do I care about this entire debacle? Somewhat. Do I think Jussie is guilty? Yeah, absolutely, man. Sorry. <laughs> and I think that we can all agree that historically, if you do the crime, you got to do the time, right? Relatively speaking. But a man that lied about by concocting some cockamamie story about being accosted by some Trump supporters in 20 Below Chicago at 2 o'clock in the morning with bottles of bleach and more. We knew that was a lie because Trump supporters aren't smart enough to come up with any plan that works. Just observe your, your local Republican congressperson. But I take issue with the fact that there was a king sent to jail after committing a non-violent offense. No one was harmed. No lives were taken. 
Jesse Smollett was sent to prison because he hurt the feelings and wasted the time of law enforcement personnel that have a problem with his assumed entitlement as a celebrity. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised because overreacting has become quite commonplace with them people. All while watching us African Americans constantly becoming victims of Karens over the last few years. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Calling in false reports against us for simply living our lives. Having the cops called on us just because some fragile and racist Caucasians have chosen to weaponize calling law, law enforcement in an effort to intimidate us. These entitled people are very much in overreaction mode these days. Doing too much. Launching a plan of attack on black people that can only leave us in a position to where we could not only face criminal charges, but we could even find ourselves dead from the experience. Yeah, that's not hyperbole. That's real. And it's appalling. And as usual, there's always reasoning behind the incompetence. Listen. You gotta remember that viral video of the white woman accusing a brother of stealing her son's phone at a Walmart in Moreno Valley late last year? Y'all remember that? A Karen was uh, constantly accusing the man of taking a phone and followed him throughout the entire store, re-emphasizing the accusation. She then proceeded to follow him to the parking lot while allegedly checking the Find My Phone feature with her phone to locate her son's phone while also threatening to call the authorities. The nonsense would ensue back into the lobby of the department store when her son would casually, and quite laughably by the way, walk up to the confrontation holding his freaking phone. It was in the car the whole time. You would think that the revelation would lead to an immediate apology and cries for forgiveness, right? But no. Her privilege kicked in faster than the speed of white. She would then result to acting like a child while trying to hide her embarrassment with her son by mimicking this poor brother while he was nicely asking for an apology for her error in judgment and false accusation. She and her son would then walk off without apologizing, and she would proceed to tell this king to go and F himself while strolling off into the store. And this poor man could have lost his life that day. Oh, y'all think I'm playing? That's an exaggeration? Is it? Really? I know what some of you are thinking. Probably a minority within our minority thinking it. You're, you're thinking or even saying, but Danny, she ain't called the cops, man. It was just a misunderstanding. No one was hurt. No harm, no foul, right? You said that. Bull. What if her husband was there and thought that this man stole that cell phone too? What if another customer jumped into the confrontation, angrily taking her side? What if a security guard or even law enforcement were there in the vicinity and incorrectly felt, as they often do, that a large black man was showing hostility toward a small, meek, and defenseless Caucasian woman? Things could have gone in a much darker direction, huh? And that's just the first story. Another one happened in a Victoria's Secret inside a New Jersey mall. Another Karen was filmed by a woman named Ijoma Ukenta. Now, we don't know what took place prior to the recording, but the video shows a white woman rushing at that queen and pursuing her around the store while yelling and crying. The woman was also violently trying to grab this queen's cell phone. Now, we don't know the woman's name because she was never charged with a crime. We would just call her Karen, you know, her God-given name. But in the woman's defense, she was asking this queen to stop recording, lying on the floor of the store and loudly screaming at Yukenta to get away from me while moving towards her. 
the police showed up and started telling Yukenta that they cannot escort the woman out of the shopping mall. Now, Yukenta says she is filing a complaint against multiple law enforcement officials who responded to the store. Good for you, queen. Do it. So, yeah. Welcome to another chapter of the world of African Americans in 2022. A world that finds the white majority of this country running out of options that they historically have kept us fearing for our lives, systematically oppressed and disenfranchised. And this new weapon of choice is to now make false accusations against us in an effort to embarrass us, get arrested, or worse, have us physically harmed in some way in all areas of the country, regardless of age, regardless of gender. You think I'm kidding? Check this out. You guys probably remember that little eight-year-old queen back in 2018. San Francisco. Her name was Jordan Rogers. She was outside of her apartment complex selling water. Y'all remember that? This white woman named Allison Addo came up and called the cops on her for doing it because she didn't have a permit to do so. Yeah, Permit Patty, as they called her. Hilarious, by the way. Called the cops on an eight-year-old little girl. Come to find out that little queen was just trying to raise money to get tickets to Disneyland after her mom had lost her job. That's the reason she was doing it. Thankfully, a random person bought that beautiful young lady four tickets to the Magic Kingdom and the reaction of her jumping up and down in excitement on Twitter brought tears to her brother's eyes. Congratulations, baby girl. I hope you had fun. It also happened in that Starbucks in Philly. Y'all remember that? When those two kings that were just waiting for a friend, remember? They asked to use the bathroom and the manager declined and asked them to leave. Starbucks would then proceed to call the cops on them two minutes after they arrived, by the way. Because they hadn't bought anything, which, by the way, wasn't even store policy. The arrests, yeah, they were arrested. Suspicion of trespassing. Prompted the CEO of Starbucks to not only issue an apology after the hashtag uh, boycott Starbucks started trending on Twitter, but to immediately refuse to press any charges. Then that Starbucks manager was let go. Then Starbucks made an unprecedented move and shut down all 8,000 U.S. stores one day for racial bias, education, whatever that means. Then the city of Philly and Starbucks will reach a financial settlement and we would all eventually move on. And it also happened in the city of Oakland with the woman dubbed Barbecue Becky. Member? Also known as Jennifer Schultz. Remember her? Robo Karen? Remember? It was when an African-American family was out there barbecuing, minding their own business at Lake Merritt, in a designated grill zone, no less. When she tried to claim the, to the dispatcher uh, on the phone that, quote, the family was in a non-designated area and that the situation should be dealt with immediately. Her reasoning? So that the coals don't burn more children and that we don't have to pay more taxes. That's a quote. Oakland police said officers arrived and took a police report, but no citations were issued and no arrests were made. However, the fashion police should have been called too. Jesus, like, come on now. Those glasses went out of style with Kumo D back in 1987. Need to upgrade your wardrobe, sweetie. And lastly, what about the black bird watcher incident too? Yeah, there is such a thing as a black bird watcher, believe it or not. I thought the only birds that we ever watched were Thunderbird, the Whirly Bird. Birdman, the Cash Money Records, and Larry Bird. I never knew the bird watching was a hobby that kings and queens would ever partake in, but Christian Cooper has proven me wrong. 
Mr. Cooper was either looking for a chicken or crow or something, I tell you. And Amy Cooper, her white entitlement made an appearance. And she lost her mind when the black man asked for her to leash her dog in Central Park in New York City. And this video ticked me off more than the others, by the way. If you haven't seen it, watching her articulate what she's going to do and watching her follow through on it is sad to watch. She actually says that she would tell the cops that, quote, an African-American man is threatening her life. And she did. The acting performance was stellar. Look it up on YouTube if you get a chance. I gave her a standing ovation. She even deserved like an NAACP image award because I haven't seen a white person give the performance where they had committed an atrocity against a black person that well since Matthew Broderick had Denzel Washington flogged in glory. Like real talk. I gave her four KKK hoods for that performance. Unfortunately for her, the cops gave her a third degree charge of falsely reporting an incident, surprisingly. And after a few counseling sessions and after Mr. Cooper refused to be part of prosecuting her, the charges were dropped. So with all that said, I hope you're all paying attention to what is materializing right before your eyes. Let me tell you what's really happening. Check it out. The civilians are the last line of defense. These people are so annoyed with us and so afraid of us that they just call on the cops for no reason. Trying to do everything in their power to disrupt our lives when all we are trying to do is navigate as citizens within a country that already has done everything it can to try and marginalize us as a people since we arrived here. But why are they calling the police? Why such an extreme? I believe it's the next step for a segment of the population that is absolutely terrified on what's coming, and it is inevitable. We've talked about it on this show ad nauseum. 2045. How many times I gotta say it? Right around the year 2045, this country officially becomes a majority-minority country. Meaning, for the first time in this country's history, there will be more minorities that live in the United States than white people. America will be minority white. Saw an article from Fox News, no less, that had the heading, quote, White population aging rapidly in the U.S., dying faster than babies are born, data shows. Meaning, Caucasians are dying faster than giving birth in this country, compounded with the fact that people of color are having babies at a faster rate, and they are terrified. Why do you think they keep saying they are losing this country? Why do you think toupee fiascos make America great again slogan resonated so much with them? Because there's nothing they can do about it, and it's coming. The browning of America is in full swing, and multiculturalism isn't something they're interested in taking part in. They believe this is their home country, and we are visitors on foreign soil. So they will support a racist president. They will storm the Capitol on January 6th. They will take away your voting rights. They will reinforce their gun rights. They will shout blue lives matter and all lives matter and blindly support police officers committing unlawful brutality against us. And they will call the cops on us for even looking at them funny because they feel that a slow-moving coup has taken place in real time that leaves people of color in power and white people on the outside looking in. For real. But back to Jussie. Jussie has already paid a heavy price for his shenanigans in Chicago. His acting career is finished. His music career is done. He's likely in financial ruin and his reputation will take years to heal. One would think after paying a heavy fine to reimbursing the city for expending city resources, chasing the ghosts of a manufactured crime and accepting probation and community service would be enough. But nah. 
There was an editorial written in the Chicago Sun-Times by Chicago's top prosecutor, whose name is Kim Fox, in an article entitled, In Jussie Smollett Case, Our Justice System Failed. Here's how and why. She breaks down why she opted not to pursue a criminal conviction because Smollett committed a non-violent crime. There was no real victim, he had no criminal record, and he had already been nationally shamed. But according to thegrio.com, even though prosecutors are supposed to have discretion over who to pursue and who to let go, after she decided that he had suffered enough and declined to pursue the case further, a judge appointed a special prosecutor to investigate the situation. She went on to say a small group of people hijacked the judicial system to enact what is best described as mob justice. Yeah. Leave black people alone. Because as Bill Bixby said on the classic television version of The Incredible Hulk back in the day, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't make us angry. Because you wouldn't like us when we're angry. And since you prayed to the same God that we pray to, in most cases, continue to thank God that we African Americans do have God in our hearts and will continue to only seek justice in these situations. Instead of seeking vengeance. Because that's the day that you wouldn't want to see. And oh yeah, free Jussie. But that's just me. Tell me what you think, LA. Huh? Huh? What do you think of Jussie Smollett's sentencing? Did he deserve to do some jail time? Was the sentence fair? Why do you think the judge would levy that sort of sentence on a non-violent offender also? Do you believe these Karens should be arrested on sight? Last night, we discussed arresting women that make false accusations against black men. Same thing? Should anyone go to jail that calls the cops for frivolous reasons? Or is the Jussie situation and the Karen situation two entirely different scenarios? And lastly, have you ever had an incident with a Karen in your life? In the workplace or out in public? How did you handle the situation? We would love to hear. Holla at your boy. Your voice is the change. Your voice is the community. Your voice is on 1-800-920-1580. one Fifteen eighty. You can also stream us via the brand new KBLA streaming app on your app store, iOS or Android. It don't matter. That same app allows you to send me your questions and comments, and I will answer live at different intervals throughout the broadcast. Plus, <laughs> like, share, and follow your favorite radio station live on our socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KBLA fifteen eighty. Feel free to follow me at Danny Mo Show on those same platforms too. Plus. Me and my nighttime partner in crime, Robin Ayers, will take your comments via the ecosystem of the social network. Check this out. When we come forward, I will add another seven series to add to the topic of conversation. Look. Don't you let them get to you. No matter how hard they push, we will still get to the promised land. We shall overcome. It's a guarantee. So my seven series tonight is seven facts that prove that kings and queens are rising. I will give you tangible and statistical proof that African Americans are on the upswing. And that's why they're scared. Their multi-generational plan to keep us disenfranchised is falling apart. And I will tell you how. Add to the conversation with your phone calls when we come forward. Welcome to the Danny Morrison Show on Unapologetically Progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Let's ride. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles. From middays to nighttime. By George and Wheezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. Stolen registration. Patrolling. Patrolling. And that it don't stop me and I get locked up. They won't let me out. They won't let him out. Justin, we see you, man. 
Danny Morrison Show on KBLA Talk 1580. I used to do a uh, slow jam show back in my hometown. It was called Between the Sheets in the early 2000s, right? And I remember my program director brought this to me. He said, we're adding this song, Locked Up, by a guy named... I was like, who's Akin? <laughs> he said, no, it's Akon. I'm like, Akon? I don't know. It, it's, just, it's called Locked Up? And I didn't think about it until I heard the song. Because a lot of the guys that used to listen to my show back then, you know, were locked up. Oh, So okay. we used to play that song. And it was like, I'm sure they were in that. Like, yeah, boy! That's what <laughs> they won't let about. me out. They won't let me out either, D. But uh, we are discussing Jesse Smollett, who is, uh, I don't know, is he still locked up at this point? Well, I, I don't know. And well, you said that you got the news that he was released or ordered to be released. I'm pretty sure he'll be released, if not in the next 24 hours, very soon. Yeah, I have not seen the most updated information, but good for him. And I know he's extremely excited about that. Have you ever had a moment with a Karen yourself? Uh, well, y- well, yes. So, yes, and indirectly, right? Okay. Um, my kids. So, okay. let me tell you this quick story real fast. Did it bring fast. out the, what is it, the rah-rah? It brought, it, it brought out rah-rah. Okay. Right. I mean, it brought out the mama bear rah-rah. Right. And so, um, because, you know, I, I mean, I've evolved. And so, I, it's not it's not easy for me to go there, but mess with the kids. Mess with the kids. Mm-hmm. Rah-rah's coming out. Okay. So, <laughs> we were in... Um, Calabasas. Mm. And if you know anything about Calabasas. Not a lot of us out there. It ain't a lot. You know, it's not a lot. But um, we were there and um, there was a particular restaurant that we had gone into where where it was easy. My daughter Madison said that she was thirsty. She wanted something to drink. I I have a couple of Karen stories, by the way. This one is good. Swing through. Yeah. So uh, she says that she wanted something to drink. But I, I'm the type of mom that says, you go order it, right? You Because I want you to become comfortable dealing with people and everything like that. So I said, go to the counter and, and order your uh, your water. Yeah. So Brooklyn and I are standing off to the side. Madison is at the counter and doing her thing. And then um, I'm noticing a, a woman, a Karen, um, who I, I later found out was a Karen. But I'm noticing a woman who's standing right there and looking at Madison a certain way and I look I see Madison's face looking a certain way but Madison has her water and we walk out and I said um why why what was that about you know and then she said um she said oh that lady said uh excuse me I was in line first or something like that okay keep in mind (laughs) you feel me you feel me yeah yeah it was it was a moment uh keep in mind the girls were about um, maybe nine or ten. They're kids. They're kids. Even now, they're fifteen, but they're still kids. Like yeah. they were about nine or ten years old. And um, I said, she said, what? I said, I said, well, I said, and how does she say it? But I remember had already had a clue because I saw the woman's face. Mm-hmm. So Madison, who by the way is so non-confrontational, she was just like, oh, she just said, you know, um, I was here first, and I was like, wait, well, you know, that triggers something <laughs> to me. I'm like, no, no, because I know, yeah, what, what was the bait? Was did she have bass in her voice? <laughs> So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, t- tell me how I'm telling her to reenact it. Like, come on, to let me know. So we stopped in our tracks, and they already know how I am. They're like, Mom, no, 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 no. Mom, no, 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 <laughs> don't no, no, do no, it, no, Mom, let's don't go, do it. come on. I said, no, this is a very teachable moment. I don't care about the embarrassment right now. This is a teachable moment, and at some point in the future, you definitely will uh, appreciate this, and you'll agree with what I'm about to do. So I turned, I turned around, and I went to that woman, and I said, "The woman was so, 
I don't either scared or embarrassed. She would not even look at me. She kept her face straight, and I said, excuse me. Now, where was she when you were talking to her? She was still at the counter. Okay. She was still at the counter. I guess maybe she had placed her order or was still waiting for her order, you know, to be placed or something. And um, I said, excuse me. I said, don't ever talk to a child like that. I mm. said, don't ever talk to my child like that or a child like that again. Mm. And then she, she, she. Obviously, she knew that I was confronting her. She knew that she was wrong. To me, in my opinion, how I took that moment, she knew she was wrong. And she, she probably just kinda, saw you coming. She, pro- she probably heard the thunder in my walk when I was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I lit that ground up as I was, like, stomping back to her. But um, anyway, so that's a indirect sort of Karen moment. It didn't escalate past that because the the way that I did it, I'm like, you would be smart not to, you know, stir me up anymore you me, know what i but mean but let me ask you a question before yeah. you go to that second story mm-hmm. are you concerned as an african-american woman number one you'll be perceived as an angry black woman and secondly if she quote-unquote feared for her life mm-hmm. she could do something to take you out and legally get away with it does that concern you when you approach a woman like that no um because i are we, we've had this discussion as well mm-hmm. i'm not necessarily uh i don't believe in that whole I think there is a way that that comes off when you are an angry black woman. I think it's the it's the aggression towards someone that that you could actually be fearful. You don't but see that as aggressive stepping to a white woman in a restaurant and saying, don't you not. ever talk to my child like that? Absolutely not. How many white women do you hear do that all the time? White white women do that all the time. They you're, can say things and they can say things in a manner. And I get what your point a, is. You're implying I'm a black that's a playing woman. Field. Thank you. Yes, exactly. So I understand the point, but I'm saying I personally think my perspective is that there are two different ways of um, body language and in the in the tone of voice. I think there's two different ways. I'm saying don't ever talk to my child like that. Did you say it like that? Absolutely. See, that's, one might perceive that as being aggressive. It could be aggressive, and I'm fine with that. And threatening. I don't think that that's threatening. Okay. I don't think that that's threatening. Oh. My opinion. Okay. So she swings on you when that happens. Oh, she's down for the count. (laughs) She's down for the count. Robin got hands. There'll be cheese and and chicken flying everywhere. And ice. And ice. And and, and the whole nine. (laughs) And and the bob, because you know they all got the same hairstyle. The bob had cheese all in it and everything. Sauce, you know, from the. All right, give me that second story. What happened? Oh, second story. We are all leaving from Olive Garden, my my family. Uh, Zupa Toscana. Did you have Zupa Toscana with some breadsticks? No, but I probably had the chicken gnocchi. There's somebody in this vicinity right now that promised me some more Zupa Toscana. I don't want to mention no names, but it it rhymes with Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it Andy? (laughs) Roughly. It rhymes with Andy. You didn't even try to, you know, change it up a little bit. Not rhymes with Mandy. Okay. <laughs> they take EBT. Get down there. But go ahead. Finish your story quick. Okay. So we're leaving. Um, in 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 this location, there is a um, it, it's a curve. Like you know, when you're in a parking lot or whatever, and it's like a it's a, a narrow curve or whatever. So as you're driving in the parking lot, it's a little dark. I get that, but there's some lighting around and everything. So we're walking to the car, and um, this woman comes around the curve super fast, super fast. And as she's driving by, I said, slow down. Because, you know, anytime anytime I feel like my kids are threatened, I I become very aggressive, like Mm -hmm. immediately. So I said, slow down. And the woman, she was driving a white car. I'll never forget it. I don't know, maybe a Honda or something. Was her window down? Her window was not down at the time. Okay. 
But check this out. The woman is driving and she, her her brakes come on. What? I was like, oh, she wants it's the on. business. It's on. Let's go. She rolls down her uh, passenger window because I'm on that side. What she, she look said, like? What she look like? Like a Karen. Okay. <laughs> so she said, use your imagination. She you know what's like sad is we all know exactly what you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. So she rolls her window down and she said, excuse me, what did you say? Mm. So she immediately, she wanted the smoke immediately. Pull right? up. That's what I'm saying. Pull up. Pull up. So I said, I said, slow down. And I said, you almost hit my kids. Slow down. And mm. she was like, I mean, I don't even know, but she started popping off at the mouth. And I said, from okay. From inside the car, though. From inside the she car. To get but I said, I said, okay, because I already know what this is. And I know that you want me to be the one, the, you know, the initiator of this problem, right? That I, that I foresee we're about to have. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that, though. Like I said, I, I, I've evolved and I'm wiser, you know? So um, I said, I said, okay. I said, well, if you, I said, get out the car. <laughs> If you get out the car, because on camera, see, it looks like you got out the car first. Hold, hold the story right <laughs> this, is, this is the best good, bedtime right? story of all time. I'm telling you. 1-800-920-1580. Robin finishes her Karen story in a second. It's the Danny Mo Show on KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Don't you move. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles. By George and Weezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580, unapologetically progressive radio, black owned and operated from the heart of Lumert Park, USA. The heart of Lumert Park, USA. We're listening, and the convo continues right now. You are checking out the Danny Morrison Show on KBLA Talk 1580. You're also inside the Raw Report. We have got a queen in the baddest box ready to come up in here and blaze you up tonight. Take it away, Miss Robin Ayers. Come on. Oh my goodness. Uh... My sis is on the line. This beautiful, beautiful woman right here is doing some major things inside of the live music industry, the concert industry, all of those things that you guys, uh, that you don't really know what's going on in the background, she knows all about. And I want to take some time to um, acknowledge you, Candice, for um, everything that you're doing, not just for yourself, but you're taking all of that all of that industry experience and you're giving it now to other people in this new nonprofit uh, organization that you created, which is called uh, Live Out Live, LOL. Do you, do you sometimes say LOL? Sometimes, sometimes, okay. yeah. That's good. <laughs> okay. Good. But um, I, I definitely want to just give you your props, Candace. You are just doing some amazing things. So welcome on to the Danny Morrison Show and the Raw Report. Give our love. Give yes, love. Yes, yes, yes. Give our love. Now, we, we love you, and I, I could go yes. on and on and on about you. But first, I want to I wanna find out from you, how did you get in this industry? Because I think you are – the only woman and certainly the only black woman that I know who's in this industry because, you know, as Danny and I, we were sitting here talking about, it is really heavily male-dominated. Isn't that right? Absolutely. It's not only male-dominated, it's very gate-kept, right, by a certain demographic. So, you know, it, it it's not easy to get into and particularly not easy to navigate, especially if you don't look like you know, the, the leaders within this space. So, um, you, you know, it's about being strategic. And I, I typically say most industries are male-dominated, right? And then yeah. well, white male-dominated particularly. So the music industry is no different. And then the live music industry, which is an even more marginalized sector in music, is even more um, 
gay kept and marginalized when it comes to um, people of color and women having opportunities to not only like live and survive in those spaces, but actually thrive and be at the top of the food chain. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you even got into this space? Yeah, well, um, it's interesting. So I'll just start with my journey started long ago. Like I use music. I love music. I've always loved music. I use it as a coping mechanism as I was growing up and navigating the world. Um, I, I lived in a foster home, so I just, I had to navigate a lot of turmoil as I was growing. So, you know, I, I used music as a coping mechanism. I really leaned into it, and I knew that I always wanted to pursue just not only a career, but just be completely immersed in, in music and somehow. So um, during the time that I was in college, I also worked in events. So I, I had a job on campus working on, on events for the entire time that I was, I was working there and going to school there. I worked with the student union, which we had all of the banquets there, all of the student activities there. There were off-campus events coming in. So there were a, a variety of different types of events that were happening on campus. And I was kind of just really engulfed in that process. I was learning about audiovisual and sound and, and the technology around building an event, the setup around building an event, and just managing it ultimately from, from beginning to end. So, mm. you know, I really became fascinated with that side of the business mm -hmm. as I was in college and growing professionally and exploring which avenues I wanted to take. So I knew that I wanted to be in events in music, right, by that time. So um, I started exploring post-college opportunities and events. So I, I worked on weddings. I worked in bar mitzvahs. I, bar mitzvahs. I've probably been to more bar mitzvahs than most Jewish people that you would know. Like, I've done it all when it comes to to the party planning scene and the event scene on a lot of, a lot of, different, le a lot of different levels. But obviously, still wanting to lean into that music space, I explored opportunities to be in, in live music. So... Um, ultimately, I landed at Live Nation. Um, I would say this was about 12 years ago. Um, I landed there um, as got my foot in the door, just kind of as an executive assistant, because of, again, I wanted to work in events and I wanted to work in music. So there's nothing better than having an opportunity to work in um, on large scale events in live music. So, um, you know, I just navigated that space, grew up within that space, learned as much as I can, gained my own intellectual property in that, property in that space asked as many questions, and, and, and after about 11 and a half years um, of navigating corporate America in the live music space, I've transitioned during the pandemic. Right before the pandemic, I started my company, Live Out Live, and mm -hmm. it was, I say I was inspired by my career and my journey in the live music space because being an only black woman in that space, I, I, I wanted to seek out solace in and women that, that come from similar backgrounds as me or were familiar with some of the, the struggles that I, I have just as a, a black woman in corporate America, or specifically in corporate America in live music, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have that. I couldn't find that. I looked to my left. I looked to my right. Couldn't find it. I tried to create space within the organization to, you know, seek that out because I knew that I wasn't the only woman who was looking for some type of, like, um, just support and um in a pipeline and, you know, mentorship maybe, but I didn't really have that. So I felt that I needed to create it, not only for myself, but, you know, once you're aligned in a certain space, you kind of have aligned with a certain purpose. So I felt that I needed to create it. And so that's what Live Out Live was inspired by and created and, and became a platform where I wanted to create more access and opportunities for women of color, for people of non-binary background, of LGBTQ background, mm. 
um, just of marginalized groups. Um, I wanted to tap into teenagers who maybe wasn't exploring opportunities in the live music space and, and tweak their interest in this space, open up the, the, the platform to people who wanted to explore career transitions and changes and let them um, see what type of opportunities there are within live music. Just really wanting to do more than just complain about it. So, so I transitioned out of live music, um, corporate America, and then really leaned more into building Live Out Live Out and that passion behind it. That is amazing. Yeah, it really, it really <laughs> is. That's a great story. That was you... a long-winded version. No, nah, yeah, we'll take it. So we can kind of dive more into the meat of any of that, you know, if you guys want to. Yeah, no, that that that's amazing. And um, you can say this. You could explain it far more eloquently than I because I was trying to tell uh, the listeners. I was trying to explain to Danny. I was, you know, we were talking out exactly what that means, what that industry entails. And if you can, just break that down because you mentioned – you want other people to know what type of opportunities are in that business. So what are those opportunities? What are we looking at in live music? So, I mean, there are opportunities from, from the top to the bottom, right? There's opportunities to work in venues um, as obviously ticket takers and ushers, but you want to obviously um, seek out opportunities as box office managers and as general managers and people who are operationally running the venue. Those are the opportunities that I want to position people of color and marginalized groups with, mm-hmm. um, where they're making decisions based on what happens within that live space. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, if you're talking about a large-scale tour, not only just a, a one-stop at a show at a venue, but a large-scale tour, there's the booker, there's the agent, there's the promoter. These people are operating on a high level while working very closely with the artist. And they're able to really um, kind of decide on how those pieces are moving and how those how the how the tour and the logistics are liaised and who's involved in that and who's getting paid what and managing multi million dollar budgets and and generating multi million dollar revenues through them. So yeah. um, there are people that are working on every angle, not only the the pre tour process where the bookers and the agents and the artists are kind of working in tangent. But then there's the, the the actual tour that's being executed. There are people out on the road. There's a whole crew of people, probably 100 people, that go out on the road just to prop up one artist. So mm. really exposing people to all of these roles from not only lighting and sound people, but the accounting people. If you are in accounting and you just love numbers, but you also love live music and you want to go out on the road with your favorite artist, you can be their tour accountant and settle every single show night after night. So there are opportunities, right? There's finances, right? Everyone has to be paid. So there are opportunities from top to bottom. It's just really about exposing those opportunities and helping people see what skills that they have that can transfer into any, any space within the live music industry. And, like, it, there, it's a number of opportunities that I could go on and on about, but that's yeah. why I have my platform and the resources and my website and all of the 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 meat and potato of my programming and the things that I'm producing and creating around it in order to really help people understand the opportunities are endless. We're talking to Candace Newman. She's with Live Out Live, Danny Morrison Show, Inside the Raw Report. I have a question real fast here. I've been in this industry for a long time, the radio industry and the concerts and the whole nine. And I was telling Robin, it is cutthroat out there. I mean, I've seen yeah. arguments. I've seen dang near fist fights. I've seen it all. And I also see what it entails to put a show together. Do you, as a, as a woman, as an African-American woman, do you find yourself having to put your foot down to almost overemphasize, and I'll use the correlation, it's probably a bad one, and check me if I am. Uh, they say, like, female police officers are a little more aggressive because they're female police officers. 
and they feel they have to be more aggressive because of their male counterparts. Do you find the same thing in the industry that you're in? You got to be far more aggressive because you're female and a black female. I think that when you choose this type of industry, you kind of already have a, a certain type of um, assertiveness or um, forwardness about yourself. You, you're already the type of person that go gets things or you're driven or motivated by the challenges of things. And then the live music industry, is, there's a lot of challenges, uh, you know, across the entire process and up to show date, there could be some challenges, but the important thing is that the fan has no idea that all of these things are happening because they've enjoyed, they're just enjoying the experience. And then the artists sometimes don't have an idea that these things are happening. They're just enjoying that experience together. So it's about trying to make things go off without a hitch and kind of how already have to have kind of a wacky personality or a, a personality where you're, you, a, a, a sense of tenacity and you're willing to kind of like be flexible and move around and be here or there. So I think that that kind of takes like kind of a, a person that grabs the bull by the horns and, and go, right? So um, I already have that sense of, of, of attitude and personality towards anything that I do, like any, anything that I put myself involved in or make myself involved in. So, of course, in this industry, you know, it's a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of money involved, um, high-profile people involved, and a lot of um, information that's proprietary. So, yes, you have to assert yourself. And... Um, I have no problems with doing that, especially when my name and my reputation is attached to, to something. There it is. Yeah. I just, I, I love that. I, I love hearing you speak about this. I love your passion about it. You know, but I have a question, Candace. When I was younger, and I don't know if you were anything like me, but I would look around wherever I was and I'd be like, what is that? What, you know, how, what, what position is that and how did they get there, Right. Um, so for me, how that how that played out in my life was um, I was in fashion and I was like, I know I want to dress people. This is you know, this is the first industry that I was in. I was in the fashion entertainment or fashion industry, but I went to school for it. I wound up getting a degree in fashion, uh, fashion merchandising. But I realized at some point after that that I actually did not need what I <laughs> I didn't need to go to school for what I wound up doing. And so and the reason that I'm asking this is um, or how it translates is people I wonder if people know exactly what these positions are. Do they go to school for them or the information that you put out on your website and with your company? Are you showing people how to leapfrog the, the school system, like get into it in a different kind of way? Because uh, I, I hear the education that you're providing. I hear, you know, I was telling Danny earlier, you give people terminology, you give people insight to what these positions are. Mm -hmm. Is that in, in a way like um, to forego what they need to learn in school? Or is that um, just in addition to what do you recommend for just getting into this industry? Um. Specifically for live music, there are very few courses and classes. There are very few people out teaching it because the people who are passionate about live music in the industry, they're in the industry. They're producing shows and tours. So very few people are out, like, teaching this, um, teaching about, you know, this, this craft or, you know, this, this industry. Um, so there's not a lot of curriculum out there. So a lot of times what I'm exposing students to is, brand new information it, it's stuff that they've never seen before it's terminology that they never knew before i got into the live music industry i was not privy to any of this stuff mm -hmm. these are things that i learned as i started to navigate in corporate america so now that i know it i'm just handing that information out for free because other people need to i want to give them an advantage the advantage that i didn't have 
right? So yeah. I want to give them a leg up. The leg up that I didn't have, I want to eliminate the amount of questions that they have to answer or ask when, you know, when they're in certain spaces because they're already privy to or they've already um, been equipped with the resources and tools that they need in order to navigate those spaces, at least the bare minimum resources, right? I'm helping them understand business acumen within that space, not only lingo and terminology and not only who the players are, but how to navigate the infrastructure and what that looks like. And, and they can decide on, you know, better decide on which avenue within the live music industry that they want to pursue and not just land anywhere. I say for me, I didn't see anyone that worked in the live music industry as I grew. I didn't even know that this even opportunity existed. God knew and put positioned me for it, right? Because I love music. Mm. He, he immersed me into this event space. So I was obviously destined to work in events and manage logistics and liaise something and see things go from beginning through fruition. That was the part of just obviously some, I'm an organized person. You know, I see how that translates as me as an entrepreneur. So I'm already been set up in, in, pruned somehow some way to be in these positions but god just positioned the live music industry for me so that i can have what i need to be in this part of my life so i didn't see people coming up looking like this but i wanted to be one that looked like this to provide that 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 difference for other people and to inspire other people to to pursue you know anything whether they whether they see it in front of them or not but this is something that i'm super passionate about giving um, opportunities and resources and access to this industry. There is no curriculum. So essentially, I'm kind of creating that curriculum. Mm, you are fantastic. Can we hold on to you for a little while longer? We got news and traffic because I got a couple more questions. Can you hold on for a few? I'm here. Yep, I'm here. Love me some okay. Candace Thank Newman you. for show. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, I want Candace Newman to give us a story. A story when she knew that she was exactly where she wanted to be. And perhaps on the other side, give us a disaster story where she wanted to choke out an artist or something. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but right now, news and traffic. We will talk to Candace on the other side with Live Out Live on the Danny Morrison Show, KBLA Talk 1580, Inside the Rob Report. Stay there. Nighttime is the right time for Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. But Herb, I know. But everybody what do they know, Brandy? Almost I'm trying to let them know. Inside the Danny Morrison Show, KBLA Talk 1580. We will play that old song, but we got a queen on the phone right now. Her name is Candace Owens. Uh, Candace Owens. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's the wrong one. You could have let, let that ride. Not I'm, that Brandy ride home. if you um... I'm, I'm going home, Candace. I'm on <laughs> it. He's tired. Don't worry, Candace. He's just tired. I must be tired. Because, uh, it's like. Have you ever been called Candace Owens before? I bet you haven't. Um, I wouldn't say if someone called me Candace Owens, but on LinkedIn, somebody did recently come and say, "Hey, I thought this, I thought you were Candace Owens." So, mm. you know, I know. Uh, that's like uh, we're talking about Karens tonight. Could you imagine being a woman with the name Karen in 2022? Oh man, that's horrible. And I know a beautiful, a, a beautiful. Uh, she was a neighbor of ours, a beautiful woman named Karen, and she, she's, she fits the description. But she is one of the best people, and she rides for us. She, well, she rides for us. Well, she like, don't fit the description. And you said she fit the. Oh, well, you mean physically. physically? Physically, she physically. That's right. She yeah. She got yeah. the blonde bob and everything. She got all. No, the... no, she does have blonde hair, but she's uh, no, no bob, no bob. We're talking to Candace Newman, okay, of Live Out Live, Danny Morrison Show. We're inside the Raw Report right now. And uh, what is your title, by the way? I don't think I've asked. Are, are you a concert promoter? What, what would you call yourself? I, 
I call myself live music executive and CEO and founder of Live Out Live. Oh, man, shoot. I'm selling you short. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> but uh, I teased a few minutes ago. I know that you got a bunch of stories. And I bet you got some stories you probably can't share on this microphone right now. Give us a... <laughs> yes, that's right. You heard me mention proprietary information earlier and uh... top secret, confidential artist stuff. So, no, but, you know, I, I can say that you, you mentioned earlier... Um, that moment that I felt that I made it or I, I you know, I, I've arrived. I would say I'm, I'm currently in those moments. It's, it's weird because like, I'm not tied to a corporation or organization. I'm in this different stage of entrepreneurship and, and ownership. And um, I'm already a, an owner as I own a bunch of property as well. So I'm a landlord and an owner in that, but ownership and entrepreneurship and business when it comes to something that I'm truly passionate about in the live music space. And I'm building off of that and people see me and I'm, I'm attracting partners. Like I have a partner, um, Logitech Ultimate Ears. Um, they, pr- they provide the in-ears for the live performers, but they also provide my platform a lot of um, support and not only financial support, but creating content and um, just, you know, because content is also valuable these mm-hmm. days, but yeah. creating content around my platform and, and giving, um, just giving me support in, in many different aspects. And then also I have the Grammy Museum and the Recording Academy, our partners that I create programming with wow. for um, some of the students that I work with um, every single year. And I have a new partnership with Compton Unified School District that I'm providing um, the same type of um, live music education with the school district. So that's a, a tech company. It's a live music platform. It's a school. So I'm trying to really diversify the platforms and the partners that I that I collaborate with. And plus, I'm doing live music consulting with um, platforms like Triller and Versus and, wow. and working, di- working directly with artists to help them um, – you know, accomplish any of their live music endeavors and or maximize any of their current live music tours or opportunities that they have on the table and help help them ask the right questions so that they can make the most out of the opportunity. So I'm doing so much more now and I'm really, you know, living out my purpose and passion now. And um, I'm being compensated fairly, not only financially, but in many different ways. So I've I've arrived, you know, that's, that's where I feel like I've arrived. And it's not tied to any other company or someone else's anything um it's all me and i'm standing on my legs with it so 10 toes down okay candace okay you better rep it don't make me stand up in this here studio i mean this is it's the way she you know i'm from la you know she got a rep she got a rep listen it's it's the it's the confidence it's the um it's the i mean you you are so certain of yourself it is it is so empowering i absolutely love it it's the flex that we needed for the night i appreciate all of that it is beyond black girl magic it is um and and as a matter of fact we are in black history or excuse me we are in women's history month and so um I, I have a petty question that I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to hold off because I did want to touch on him. You already went there. Uh, I was That's actually what I was going to touch on, your partnerships, because I came across your uh, or a tweet that was tweeted by the Grammy Museum. I was like, wait, hold up, um, where it says we're teaming up with Live Out Live LA to present Beyond the Main Stage, a new mentorship series dedicated to all things touring. And I was just so impressed with not only that and all but all of the partnerships that you've curated um, and, and wondered how difficult or 
maybe not. Maybe it's been a little bit easy for you or maybe the alignment has been has been perfect. How has that been to gain all these partnerships with um, everything that you're doing? And now you said you're trying to uh, diversify. How has that been for you? Um, it's been, again, it's, it's me doing the work and putting my head down and then creating something that's, that's real, that's viable, that, that is purpose-driven, right? That's intentional. So they see that. But ultimately, I am... I have, I've worked in the music industry for over a decade, well into maybe 13, 15 years. So mm-hmm. I have relationships. So it's really about yeah. being strategic on how I'm navigating those relationships, how I'm being intentional on not being transactional in these relationships, how I'm showing them who I am as an entrepreneur and as a businesswoman, and how obviously I transitioned out of corporate America, but I used all those talents and skills and brought them with me. And I'm really, you know, like I said, doubling down on what I'm creating. And they see that. They see students um, give testimonials about the work that they're, they're, they're um, producing and creating with me through, through my Live Out Live platform. I'm also producing a live music concert um, called Unrestricted Live, and I do that bi-monthly. And my, my cohort in the live industry hopefuls who come through my organization as mentors, mentees, and interns are the ones who are helping me advance and execute this show. So not only do they have a chance to be educated and receive some type of resources, but also they have the hands-on job shadowing experience. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing the work. And so that drawing visibility, that's attracting people, that's making people want to align with what I'm building. Plus, not a lot of black women are, you know, everyone wants to lean into black women now because of we're fantastic, fabulous. This They should have been That's known right. what was up. But <laughs> since yeah. obviously post-George Floyd, people and companies want to um, invest more time into black platforms. And um, they're still uncomfortable with going full force in black men platforms. So there's that black woman platform that they are kind of leaning into. So, listen, I don't see it as charity. I don't see anybody doing me any favors because I, 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 I deserve it. I earned it already. That's so I'm right. Just, you know. Yes. It's, come on, go. Candace. <laughs> I'm you're you, saying man. things that I'm already um, that's already touching on where I'm going but you know you talked about uh, being transactional or not transactional and I yeah. wondered um, this was the petty the petty question that I have because you know Danny and I were talking and I and I, I definitely told him about the time that I had the nerve <laughs> to ask you for Chris Brown tickets and I know you remember that because it wasn't that long ago and I was like, and, and we were talking about being or having relationships with people who are in positions where, you know, obviously we can do things for one another. Right. But not utilizing those people, not asking. And so it hurts my soul to ask people for things because um, I, I, I never want to be um, I never want to be assumed to be you know, looking for something from you or you get what I mean needy and I'm sh- hush up Danny <laughs> and we we all have those types of relationships but my question is you did that for me I appreciate you know I appreciate you for that but of are course. you are you in that position where people are always asking you for tickets or hookups and greet meeting greets yeah. and stuff like that Candace, and how do you handle that Candace before you answer that yeah. question uh we're up against it tell us on the other side because I want to know how you handled her being so greedy <laughs> <laughs> Can you hold on a second? Of course. <laughs> Thanks, big, big and rub. <laughs> so Danny Morse's show inside the Rob Report. KBLA Talk 1580. Don't y'all move. Build black better. better. Tweet it. Tell it. LA finally has a black-owned talk radio station. And it's unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. 1580.
We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, in our discussion here with Candace Newman inside the Raw Report, Danny Morrison Show, KBLA Talk 1580, our remaining moments. Take it over, Queen. You know, Candace, I'm so glad that you were able to call in tonight. Um, I think that you've enlightened all of us, actually, on this industry. Um, I, I want you to talk just a couple minutes about, um, first of all, I have to give you so many props because your energy level is is a one okay we are loving the flex we love that you know you deserve uh, to be where you are and everything that you've achieved i love that and so um speak to some women out there on your industry what you want them uh to gain because we are in women's history month and you are absolutely making your mark in history so uh talk to some women out there about what you need them to know about your company in 60 seconds or less queen Thank you so much. Well, what I will say is that, um, you know, just knowing who you are, and it wasn't always an easy process, right? I, I think a lot of times I was, as a woman, as a woman in any industry, as a woman just navigating this world, we get suppressed. We're told we're not good enough. We're, we're slighted. We're paid less. We're treated less. And so, you know, the, the best thing that I can do is resist all of that and, and show that I've come to myself and show that I know who I am and hold my head up high so that I can um, accomplish everything that I want to accomplish as far as what my, my path of what success looks like for me. And it's not necessarily monetary. It's just a happy life for me and my child. So I would say um, to keep going, to any woman, keep going despite any of those circumstances, any hurdles, any barriers that get in your way, keep going because I did, and that's the one thing that worked out for me. Fantastic. Wow. How do uh, people get in contact with you if they want to? I know you don't want to. Uh, have too many people in your DMs because they will go. Trust me. But if they want to learn more about you and about your your concert series and uh, et cetera, et cetera, about your nonprofit, where do they go? Yeah, so I am on. I have a website, liveoutlive.com, L-I-V-E-O-U-T-L-I-V-E.com. I also am on social media through Live Out Live at liveoutlive underscore L-A, and that's on all social platforms, Twitter, IG, LinkedIn, Facebook, and then um, I guess if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at PYT underscore. I'm sorry, PYT Candace on IG. Fellas, and fellas, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, do it. Ladies. Or professionally, or professionally, you can go to CandaceNewman.com because I got my own website. Too, there you so. go. We there got you. Go. We love uh, you so much. Mm-hmm. And listen, I appreciate you. And I'm hitting you up for some uh, concert tickets. <laughs> I'm begging. Told you, begging. I appreciate you too, Robin. Love you. I love Thank you, Thank you girl. so much for having me back. Appreciate right. you, Queen. Have a blessed one. Good night. On the other side, we will jump into the 7 Series. Uh, this is the Danny Morrison Show on KBLA Talk 1580. That was your Rye Report for tonight. Stay there. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica. I can see Robin in the crowd just screaming. Losing <laughs> her mind. Danny wants to show on KBLA Talk 1580. Blazing up that Chris Brown because uh, Robin, you know, a few years ago, called up the beautiful Candace Newman. Just begging. <laughs> begging. You heard her. She said she didn't mind. She didn't care. She knew what you wanted. Because if Chris Brown's coming to town, 
And she got connections like that? Yeah, yeah. I could only imagine. Yeah, I was nervous. I, I think I sent her a text. I was nervous, shaking my thumbs. I don't like asking people for anything. But I love her response when, when we asked her about that. You know, that was really, uh, I, I didn't expect it. But I guess it shows why she is where she is today. I think you and I are of the belief also that you got to give, 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 give. Yep. And God is going to bless you abundantly. Yeah, that's right. If you right. just give, give. If you got it, give it. And God is like, you know what? You taking care of my people? I'm going to take care of you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Why, why don't we all believe that? I think we have this this idea that uh, that we can't, you, you know, this uh, crab in a barrel um, mm. mentality. We, we root for you initially, and then you make it, and then we want to pull you back down. I mean, that's a, a – I don't know what that is. Is it a cultural thing or something because we feel Some like – say it is a slave thing, tribal thing almost. Well, so you know where I'm going with this then. It's like we believe, you know, that once you make it to that place, you're going to take it from us. You're going to take the spotlight. You're going to take the, all the all – the, uh, you're going to take all the money. You're going to take all the you, – you get what I'm, what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And it's like, uh, no, there's room for all of us. There's room for everything. So I don't know why we have that mentality. Mm-hmm. I'd like to develop even more of a mentality uh, like Candace. that says just I, – I have it. I'll say that. I have it. I but think you have it already. I do. I do. Um, I can work on it a little bit more because I can't say that if if people are hitting me up out the blue and they you haven't talked to me either – ever or talk to me in years and then all of a sudden you hit me up that I won't feel a certain kind of way about that. Mm. I can't say that um, I wouldn't feel that way. I think there's something very psychological at play. I think that if somebody comes from your neighborhood, Mm -hmm. same circumstances, maybe single parent home, Mm -hmm. dilapidated neighborhood, maybe drug infested, crime infested, who knows, and they make it out of there, they see it as a referendum on themselves. Yeah. Why did they make it and I didn't? Yeah. And then when you got your friends and family all around you saying, oh, my God, I can't believe so-and-so, they done made it. They doing well. You should see the car they driving. You should see their house and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they're looking at you, and you could living in a roach-infested apartment. Yeah. The haterism begins right there. Yeah, but then, but we, we, we agree on the fact that once we see someone on the climb, we root for them. Absolutely. We're like, yeah, go, go, go. Yeah. But then when they make it, and, and we've seen too much of your success— we want to pull you back down. So do you think that's what it is? We want you to do well, but not too well. Is that I a think, black thing? Yeah, It could be a black thing. Maybe that is a black thing. Yeah, maybe maybe it could be. I don't I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm careful to put that blanket statement on black people just yeah. as a whole. But um, I think it's a familiarity. I think that, you know, if we talked about this with a group of us, I think it's a familiarity there. But I can't say all of us are like that. You know, what's heartbreaking about what you're saying, uh, and I agree with you, mm-hmm. We only come together in tragedy. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. We only come together when bad things happen to us. Mm-hmm. We only come together when George Floyd is having his life taken. Yeah. And it's like, what about when we win? We can't come together for that. You look at some of the greatest artists in the history. Let's stick in entertainment here. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson is the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, mm-hmm. we love tearing that cat down. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. We loved it. Yeah. Mike Tyson, same thing. Yeah, we see it on social media now. 
I mean, so we, we see it all over social media. You look into the comments. We do not give the benefit of the doubt. The first thing we want to do is tear you right on down. Look at Chris Brown. We were talking about a couple days ago. Exactly. Without knowing all the information, you hear a little bit, a snippet of something, and then automatically you come to your conclusion and you start dogging them. Mm-hmm. You know, we do that with famous people. We do that with regular everyday people, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's an unfortunate mindset. I, do, I just don't know where that comes from. You say it's the slave mentality. They say the same way the slave owners used to pit us against each other, light skin versus dark skin, mm-hmm. short versus tall, so on and so forth. That's where it comes from. Yeah, I can see that it, it derived from there. And then it kind of evolved more because we were even talking about in neighborhoods and why do um, the black girls hate on each other, you know, that type of thing. And it's like, well, that came from the from the neighborhood. I remember living in Pasadena here in, in I guess, it's the greater Los Angeles area. I love Pasadena. Uh, Pasadena. Uh, I yeah. have such fond memories. Yeah. Um, and I used to live there as a kid. And uh, we had the, the light-skinned girls and the darker-skinned girls who are all beautiful, by mm, the way. All of them. All of them are beautiful, but it was what you heard from the from the boys. They were all attracted to the light, the lighter eyes, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, oh, Kim with the light eyes, you know what I'm saying? Or um, her with the pretty hair, or I, I, and I just don't know why they pit us against each. Our own people mm-hmm. pit us against each other. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from the outside; it comes nope. from here. It, with well, yeah, within our own communities. That's the sad part about it. So, how do we get past it? Can we get past? I think we can. I think we, I think, first of all, I have to give credit where it's due. Here goes my humanity again. I think we've come so far. I agree. I see, now, probably more than I've ever seen in my life, We I see more celebration of women, black women celebrating each other more than I've ever seen in my entire black life. Black women are also going more natural, I've noticed, than oh, I've yes. ever seen in my life. We are celebrating our natural hair. Mm-hmm. We have more business women who are creating products for natural hair, um, hairstylists. I mean, it's becoming a thing. We're fighting for our rights in the workplace with natural hair. I mean, it's all kinds of things. But I think women are definitely stepping up to the plate when it comes to celebrating each other. So is it fair for me to say that we're only 65 uh, years removed from the civil rights movement, yeah. we're doing far better than maybe some would assume that we should. Absolutely. Is that fair to say? I think it's Some people go, we should be doing this and we should be doing that. It's like, eh, still pretty early considering the circumstances. It is, and I think we'll get, I think we'll get even better. You know, it's it's progressive. That's what it is. It's progressive. We're going to we are making progress. We're going to make more. And it happens because when we evolve and we progress, we teach our kids that. We teach our kids not to hate on anybody and show love. And I always tell them, listen, shining a light on someone else does not take away from from your own light. Exactly. It just doesn't happen that way. Exactly. I don't know why the others' mindsets are that it does. Like there's a problem with shining, you know, light on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, just if I have on a, a bomb outfit, I'm going to tell you, you look good too, girl. Like you look great. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that my outfit looks any worse than yours. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get what I'm saying. Oh, y'all be killing each other in the club. Black women be <laughs> killing each other in the club. Fine sister walk in, they just be watching her walk across. Like, who this girl thinks she is? Huh? <laughs> it's one of two things: either either she looks really good, and we're like, "Yo, she is a baddie." Yeah. Or that's too much of that um, BBL you got going. <laughs> you you yeah. did it too much. You they're know like, what I mean? Come on, them legs. You see them legs? Yeah. What was it? What you call the butt the to butt to ratio? Butt to thigh ratio. If you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you got a big old booty and you got popsicle sticks for legs, we got a problem. <laughs> I know what you got. You know, we know what happened. <laughs> On the other side, when we come for- <laughs> when we come forward, we'll get into the seven series. One eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty. This is Danny Morrison show on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. We got a lot to talk about.
from Bakersfield to Los Angeles. From middays to nighttime. nighttime. Like George and Wheezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are. Rooting for everybody black. KBLA Talk 1580. That is not the same woman. That's the same woman. Oh, my goodness. That is the same exact woman. Robin just showed me a picture of a woman on Instagram, and it's a before and after. The first woman is not not cute. That's all I'm going to say. And the second woman looks like a model. And I said, that can't be the same woman. It's not the same. How much makeup? They had to put that makeup on with a spackle. I, I, well, first of all, I, I only showed you that picture. I was not clowning nor judging. I only showed you that picture to show the makeup artist must be incredible because she looks like magical. a totally different person. Walt Disney. <laughs> y'all need to stop. Oh, I, I don't want y'all women ever saying that we men are fake ever again because oh. we don't know what we're getting anymore. Oh. Not only are y'all using filters on Instagram all the time. It's like the makeup artists are amazing in 2022. They're amazing, but they're all the same, quote unquote. They make everybody look the same. I agree with you. It's funny you say that. I said that with a friend of mine recently. Uh, We were at a spot and I was like, there is a look and I think it's the Kim Kardashian effect. Mm. Every woman, regardless of race, seems like they're trying to look like Kim. Do you agree with that? No, I no, I don't think that every woman is trying to look like him. I think that 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 group or race of of other women, if you look anything like him, so you got you know lighter skin, you have a dark you know dark long hair, then I think you start uh, you you you're trying to look like him. I think that part. But I'm talking about black women. I don't think all black women are trying to look like him. There is a specific look that makeup artists do for black women now that describe make us that because I know what you're talking about. Like it's the um, packed on makeup it's a full face of makeup it is the chiseled you know the 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 super light under the eyes Mm -hmm. concealer it's the contour of the cheeks now it's beautiful i've and i've gotten my makeup done before but what i always ask if i'm getting my makeup done i'm like please make me look as natural as possible i want to look like myself yeah and um and not like all these other women it's the same Thing. All of them. All and they got the big tarantula eyelashes too, just like bling, 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 <laughs> big bling. Big eyelashes. And then and then now we have these um lace front wigs that, you know, every all the women are wearing. I'm not knocking it. We look beautiful out here in these streets, but we look the same at the same time. So how can y'all call us fake then? How y'all gonna criticize us for being real with y'all? What we say about y'all being fake. I know you don't wear a weave because you 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 don't have to. I have sometimes. I actually just took 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 one out not that long ago. But there are women that I know mm-hmm. that still haven't shown their man their hair mm-hmm. without a weave. Mm-hmm. They've been together for years. Yeah, yeah. What is that about? That that to me um, is about not being comfortable with who you are, mm-hmm. and I think that it's a deeper issue there. You know, because once you discover, you put something on your body, and you're like, oh, I, I love this. I love how it makes me look, feel. Ultimately, um, that becomes a part of your identity. Yeah, and it's a fake DNA, and 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 so unfortunately, you don't want to live without that. That becomes a part of your identity, so you don't want anybody else to see that. You don't want to be exposed either. You know. Um, exposed. It's interesting you use that that term. Yeah. You think that's what it is? Exposing yourself. A hundred percent. Like, no one wants to get naked. That's exposing yourself. I think it's just showing the natural you, though. We think, yeah. But, and then, yeah, but who's going to get naked? 
It's the same thing. Same your same body. The naked naked of the body is the same type of thing. Naked of the face. Naked of the hair. You know. And even though that's more common, obviously more uh, accepted. Um, women, if you're covering that up, it's almost like covering. You're getting so used to wearing clothes every day that once you undress, mm-hmm. it's a scary thing. It's like. You're looking at my body, you know, all of my flaws, and that includes my my hair. My edges might not be all the way intact. My mm-hmm. hair might be a little, you know, thinner or something like that. It's exposing yourself, and I think women are afraid to do that once they've become accustomed to looking a certain way. And I can give you a quick example. I know you got your 7 Series. Go ahead. You do your thing. But the quick example is when I was in middle school, someone introduced me to eyeliner, black eyeliner, very simple. Um, and I wasn't allowed to wear a lot of makeup, so I, uh, it was introduced to me in middle school, but I, I took that into high school with me, mm-hmm. and I started wearing eyeliner every day, and I got so many compliments. Everybody was like, the shape of your eyes, like, oh my gosh, like the, you know, they're accentuated with that eyeliner. I got addicted to wearing eyeliner. Addicted? I'm going to say that I got addicted. Wow. Meaning, I could not even see myself without eyeliner. Mm. I would not leave the house without eyeliner. Mm. I would not if I w- if I was walking to the gas station, down the street to the grocery store, to McDonald's, it didn't matter. If I left the house, I had on eyeliner because mm. I became so accustomed to seeing my eyes that way yeah. that I was afraid to bear myself to myself. All you're doing is taking me back to Instagram right now. And how these young girls, we talked about the study that came out recently mm-hmm. that said that the suicide rate has gone up for yeah. these young adolescent girls because of Instagram. Yeah. If you were going through that back then, what are they going through exactly. with this FOMO and all of the imagery that they see on that, on that website, on yeah. that platform? I could only imagine. Yeah, that's why you have younger girls, these these teenagers. I mean, I see 12, 13 years old. They've got nails. They've got lashes. They've got the hair. They've got, I mean, colored hair and, um, and, and the wigs and all of the stuff. And it's like... I, I, I hurt for them because yeah. you're so young and you're becoming, you're changing your your external DNA. I mean, it becomes your DNA, but it's external and you're changing that for yourself because like I said, you're going to become so used to seeing yourself that mm-hmm. way. At, to a certain degree, it doesn't become about anybody else anymore. Mm-hmm. First, it's for them. I'm wearing this because I want to look popping for for y'all, you know. But then once you you look in the mirror and you start seeing yourself that way, mm-hmm. you you're like, I don't want to see myself looking regular. Mm-hmm. I could tell you another thing when you when you get lash extensions, because when you get lash extensions, how long does that last? You have to get uh, every couple of weeks. You got to get fills. Okay. You got to get you know like nails, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get eyelash extensions, you feel amazing. You wake up and you look beautiful. Like you just, you wake up looking beautiful. You, yeah. you feel like you don't have to do anything to yourself. Yeah. Because your eyelashes are just incredible, right? Yeah. You get you wear those eyelashes long enough. And once you get them off, you you take them off or have someone take them off. And you look at yourself looking bare, mm. regular, regular eyelashes that are s- small and frail and yeah. thin. It's hard to look at yourself. I'm talking about a grown Robin yeah. to this day. It's hard. I have to be like, Robin, you're, you're beautiful. Robin, you're beautiful. So you're never going to go back, sounds like. No, it, I do go back, but I, I also have to tell myself, okay, it's time. It's time. Girl, get back to your face. Because I know what my, I'm very comfortable with my own face. I'm f- comfortable mm-hmm. with myself. 
So, but I'm just saying from even my perspective of, of a woman a who's grown comfortable. Woman. Yeah. yeah, I'm very comfortable with myself being natural. Like I can throw my hair in a bun. I could be barefaced. I don't mind that. But even me, someone like me who gets used to seeing myself looking even more, you know, you look more accentuated and, you know, you feel more beautiful. It gets hard to look at yourself without it. So You don't I think, think that's the Kim Kardashian effect that I was talking about, though? You don't think big eyelashes are her? I think that's her. Yeah, but I don't think that I. it's a – I'm not going to say – I'm not going to give her that much credit. I okay, don't you don't want to give her credit. Okay, I hear you. She gets some credit. Like I said, I think there's a whole uh, ethnicity or a whole race of people who really go after that look, and, mm-hmm. and she's influenced that look. I don't give her the credit when it's when it comes to black women, though. Okay. We Because what, what I'm talking about, what I just showed you in this phone mm-hmm. with the two women, those are – That's two, crazy. Wait, first of all, I said two women. It's the same woman, but she just looks two different ways. Y'all just eat this big. <laughs> so she, so her, whoever did her makeup, that is not the Kim Kardashian effect. That's just the that's a that's the way that these makeup artists are doing women's makeup now, and I have a problem with it. But here's what I don't understand: the original woman in that picture, the before picture, mm-hmm. is just a natural woman with. A, the don't make me laugh. Woman. <laughs> she, I'm sorry. She we don't know like what to call it. the original man. We don't know what to call it, y'all. We don't know what to say. It's. I can't believe you just said that. I could say. I could say this about the picture. She's. She's an older woman. Yeah. And she looks, fifteen, twenty years, uh, younger with the makeup on. So she looks like a totally different person. Yes. Yeah. So let's say you get this makeup done and you go out on a first date with someone. What are you expecting? Do you expect him to never see you natural? Ever? Oh, no. He's going to see you at some point. Mm-hmm. He may see you the next morning. You spend the night and y'all get you know, have a little activity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the makeup start coming off and he turn the light on. He's like, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. It's that, it's that, uh, wait, was I it? I went to bed with Janet Jackson. I woke up with. <laughs> Fred Jackson. <laughs> With Andrew Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> he wild. He is wild, y'all. <laughs> but come on. We look, let me for the for the queens listening right now. We want real. We yeah. do. We in 2022, we want real. Mm. We don't mind a little enhancements yeah you could do that occasionally you want to you want to like if you want to get a breast enhancement do your thing you've heard me say it Mm -hmm. even if you want to get a little butt enhancement go and do your thing as long as you don't go overboard it's all good Mm -hmm. but all of that cake don't make up a huge amount of hair that ain't yours Mm -hmm. jewelry everything it's Anything that is of excess, we ain't interested. So then you just said if you want to go ahead and get a breast enhancement or, you know, a, a, a butt um, enhancement, but do you prefer a woman who's just completely natural? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I think most black men would agree. Andy, come on. Jump in real fast. You agree? You prefer natural, right? I absolutely prefer 100% natural due to the fact that when we wake up together, you're not going to be caked up. Mm-hmm. So if you're sexy with eye boogers and and your face is all puffy, to me, that's that's what's attractive. That's the good I don't stuff. mind the makeup, yeah. right? If we're stepping out, I get it. That's fine. But, you know, when you become dependent on it, that's when, you know, the issues come. But I 100% prefer natural. Yeah. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that. I agree. And I, and I would encourage women, if you're going out with a man, start very 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 minimal and so he knows what you really look like 
and then, you know, proceed to, you know, if you want to throw a weave in or lace front wig or something like that, then it's like, cool, because he knows what you actually look like, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, and then you can switch it up. But that's what I would encourage women to do. Don't start off like at a 20, you know what I'm saying? And then you take all of that off and it's just like, huh, you don't look like you the person did. that I was. I had Andrew. someone. I had that. There's actually a documentary, and forgive me for not knowing. It's, it might be called Filters. There was a, a documentary, and I, I'm going to find out who it's from. But a, a guy went on a he went on a walk on a hike mm-hmm. uh, at the Runyon Canyon. I think he was with um, a bunch of people who they they were all going together. He was talking to this woman, and um, as a matter of fact, you know someone who was associated with this film and, and we'll talk about it but okay. um, he was going on a hike with all of these different people and he was talking to this one woman and I think by the end of the conversation she she was making it sound like she, they knew each other or something or maybe he realized after she left and he, and someone said oh that's such and such from Instagram and he was like no it's not mm-hmm. she looked so different yeah. from her Instagram pictures that it I think it sparked maybe the idea for him to come up with this film uh, Filters mm-hmm. and in, in the actually the film it's a documentary it's actually really good and it taught and it really delves into that topic as to women look a certain way online because you want to show perfection yeah and you don't look like that in real life so that's the scary part mm-hmm. I think nowadays that men have to go through like whoa you just you, you didn't look like this. I mean, you know what I'm saying? When I, I was scrolling I, that's through happened your page. to me a couple times in my life, too. Yeah. Hey, come on, tell you. you don't remember me from Facebook? About- no, I don't, because, you know, your face look like a Nestle Crunch. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, Danny, no. Abort, abort, Danny, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> your mustache thicker than mine. <laughs> is on one, y'all. <laughs> you know no. what I'm saying? No, Andy. No. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, look, I'm not saying you ain't got you ain't got to be totally natural. And like I said, I, I don't mind a boob job. Mm-hmm. I don't, because mm-hmm. there are some women that are really self conscious about being flat chested. Yeah. And you feel you want to go get some enhancement? Go and do you, boo. It's all good. Mm-hmm. But don't <laughs> don't make me laugh, baby. But don't get a 40 double G, you know what I'm saying? When yeah. you go, <laughs> you're looking like a capital P. I mean, come on now. It's like, <laughs> I'm just saying. When we come forward, we will try to restore order if we can. I got a serious 7 Series, believe it or not. Serious, yeah. A serious one, really serious. 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. My 7 Series tonight is 7 Facts That Prove That Kings and Queens Are Still Rising. It's really serious. Not your chest size, either. I'm talking about us and, and don't make me laugh. Not I'm talking about us as a people rising. And uh, we're going to bring that in a few. And like I said, if you want to join in the discussion, shout out to my man, Abid, that said you got us over here crying right now. Appreciate you checking in, King. We're just trying to entertain y'all tonight, man. That's what we do on the Danny Mo Show. You know how we put it down for the town. Come on now. So uh, 1-800-920-1580, when we come forward, the 7 Series, 7 Facts Approved, the Kings and Queens Arising. This is KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about right now, news and traffic. You know how we do. Come on. Nighttime is the right time for Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 1580. 
TLC was one of the few groups in history that did like waterfalls and they they understood the position that they were in. Yeah, I agree. And no one does that anymore. It's hard to find. It's hard to find. I, I don't even know that it is findable because I don't know if it's out there. I don't know if it exists. It, it just doesn't seem to. Remember, uh, what was it was it City High? What was that song by City High? Listen, that I just played that last night. Don't tell me What's about. What's the name um, of the song? Car- Car- wait, uh, remember City High? What's yeah. the name of that City High song, Andy? Caramel, Caramel. No. What you mean? Oh, you're talking about the uh, the socially conscious song yeah, by co- City High. Yeah. Uh, ah. I thought just because because last night I played Caramel. Um, no, they had a, a big but you hit. Talking, yeah. What was the name of that song? It's killing me. Somebody, people in our DMs <laughs> right now. What would you yes, do was, if your son was at home and all alone in your bedroom home and he's hungry and they've only made the feeling of his fire? Yeah. By the way, I want to give some love to uh, people in our DMs right now. Uh, uh, Lanissa Kramer said G double P laughter emojis. She said, I'm over here crying. You're doing an awesome job. We appreciate you, Queen. Uh, let me see. Who else we got here? Who else? Um, Urban Spencer checking in. You should have called the show tonight, Queen. She sent me a picture of a queen with beautiful, beautiful hair. Mm, right. Yeah. And she said, uh, this is the look complete with lace front wig and baby hair. Yeah. Women been wearing big eyelashes since the 60s. Mm. Trends just coming back around. And I said, I like it. Do you wear those? And she said, wigs, no. Lashes only when I'm going out, taking professional photos or podcast interviews. Mm, yeah. She's saying don't give love to Kim Kardashian or nobody. It's just everything is cyclical. And it's just happened to be coming back around. You buy that? I, I do buy that to a certain degree. Well, not even to a certain degree. I do buy that because she's absolutely right. Everything is just on, on cycle. It's just on rotation, ready for another era. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it happens all the time. So I agree. It looks a little bit different each time. But I still have to stick with that Kim Kardashian thing. You look at some women, and you you know by the way that they dress. You know by the accessories they wear. You know by how they wear their hair. That is a specific carbon copy of Kim Kardashian. Even the makeup. Women didn't even... Well, she made it more popular to do the smoky eye underneath, the mm-hmm. big, big smoky eye underneath, and um, just a certain look. The nude lips that Kylie came with, like, it's a whole thing. And not to say that it didn't exist before, I'm just saying that Kim Kardashian, she took all of the elements, put them together, and that is what's being carbon copied. And stole some of ours, too, by the way. Stole some blackness from us, too. Well, she stole the lips. She stole the booty. Oh, she stole saying. the shape. She stole the- <laughs> In Kylie's defense, she deflated her lips, though, didn't she? Uh, I think maybe a and little said bit. She took but the collagen out of her lips. She did, but they're still they're still fluffy. Mm-hmm. We've seen the originals. Y'all we've seen those? Seen, we've seen the originals. We've seen yeah. them two pieces of bologna. You ain't fooling no. <laughs> you ain't you ain't fooling nobody. Oh, let's get, my Andy, word. can we get into the seven series? Blaze it up. Come on, let's go. One topic, seven answers. Seven answers. It's time for the seven series, seven series. on KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. talk about. Listen, don't you let them get to you. No matter how hard they push, we will still get to the promised land. We shall overcome. It's a guarantee. That's why my seven series tonight is seven facts to prove the kings and queens are rising. I'm going to give you tangible and statistical proof that African Americans are on the upswing. And that's why them people scared out there. We will try to get through it. We got about 15 minutes left in the show. I will do all I can, okay? Here's number one. Check this out. We had a black president. Come on. Don't downplay that. 
Let's just get it out the way because this one is obvious. Tupac once said, quote, even though it seems heaven sent, we ain't ready to see a black president. But you know what? We were. Hmm. We that are a part of Generation X and older never could have believed that we will see a black man in the Oval Office even in our lifetimes. But just the fact that there are people that are still walking this earth today that lived through the Jim Crow era saw an African-American sitting in the most powerful seat in the world is mind-blowing. My mother says it. Regardless of how you feel about Barack, his election was historic. And he did it twice. With no scandals in eight years. And that is the first fact that proves the kings and queens are rising. What do you think about Barack Obama becoming president? Are you still surprised by that? Uh, and will it happen again? You know, we have a black president. I president? think we. I think now, now you know that he's you know broken down those barriers. I think that is a very possible. I think to answer it flat out, yes, we will have another. Um, it ain't Kamala. You know, I don't know. I don't. It know. ain't Kamala. You ask me. <laughs> she got some work to do. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I would say that. But um, am I shocked by it? I don't. Uh, the shock is over. Um, were, was I? Absolutely. I mean, it was it was emotional. Right. I it cried was emotional. Too. Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, I think I still have the newspapers, you know, from the next day. I think I have it saved somewhere. It was it was historical. Yeah. You're right. It's like, oh, we got a black president. That's crazy. And then the second thought was, y'all better keep security around him. Secret service okay. around him when he go to the bathroom. Like, y'all better make sure. Let Thank me, God he's okay. Let me ask you, did, the next day, did you, uh, when you looked at anybody, if you went to the gym you saw a, a brother, did you give him a nod? Oh, I do that anyway. I, I, mean, yeah, I, no, I embrace it felt, brother. Mm. It felt different, though, when you was it like, did. we did it. You know what I'm saying? You look it at did. all your people, you're like, yeah, we in there. I thought that we made some progress, but uh, upon further review, did we? I know we had a black president. Did we? Yeah, we, 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 we had to. Yeah, we did. You think we did? Yeah. You feel it may, and it may not be what, it, and I and I completely agree that the expectations that we have as a whole, I th I don't think were met. Mm. But when we're talking about progress, progress is progress, no matter if it's an inch or a foot, right? Mm. Um, progress is progress, and so I think that uh, I'd have to say, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Seven facts approved. The kings and queens are rising. How we doing, Andy? All right, let's get another one in. Check it out. Uh, here's number two. Okay, hip hop is now the most consumed music in America. Did you guys know that? Yes. Our music, our creation. The switch actually happened at the end of 2017 when hip-hop overtook rock music as America's most listened to genre of music, and it hasn't looked back. In that year, eight of the top ten most listened to artists of the year came from hip-hop and R&B, led by Drake and Kendrick Lamar. Hip-hop also experienced the second highest growth of any genre, spiking 25% over 2016, right behind Latin music at 30%. And that is the second fact that proves the kings and queens are rising. What do you say to those people that say, but that ain't hip-hop? What ain't hip-hop? Now, Drake and Kendrick Lamar, okay. But everything else, that ain't hip-hop. Well, no. So how can you say hip-hop is number one when that streaming stuff ain't really hip-hop? No, and that, that that's of the old school mind. Because true. Yeah, it, you know, hip-hop is still hip-hop. It's, it's just evolved. It, we go through this in every every generation, every era has its uh, its way of saying that's not real music, that's not real hip hop or whatever, but it is. You mm -hmm. got to give it credit. Yeah, thank God too. Uh, got to give it to these youngsters. They doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's yeah. a lot of it I can't vibe with. I don't know. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that I do not know. There's a lot of songs that I know that I don't know who's behind. Yeah, I said somebody. I jumped out of FM radio when I came here to Los Angeles the first time in my career that I'm doing talk radio, and I used to know all the artists, all the songs, the backstories, and now people name artists, and I go, who? Mm. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not in that anymore, so I don't Yeah. I turn on a scooby I think the only reason that I know a little bit more, I not not everybody, but I I have to keep my ear to the streets just for pop culture uh purposes and when I do all these, you know, interviews still and st- you know, things like that, I'll have to know who is You got to know. I have to know. It's your job. Yeah, but at the same time, sometimes I'll know who a person is and don't know a record. Mm. And vice versa. That I'll is know a the song product of social and, media, right? Yep, there. And don't know who the artist is. I mean, it, it goes both ways. Nigga Robin says she keep her ear to the streets. You know what I'm saying? Signed Eminem. He <laughs> triple platinum doing 50 a week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when we come forward, <laughs> when we come forward, we will try to finish up the seven series. 1 800 920 1580. This is Danny Moser Show on KBLA Talk 1580. Stay there. Be sure to. KBLA Talk 1580. Unapologetically progressive radio. Black owned and operated from the heart of Lumert Park, USA. The heart of Lumert Park, USA. We're listening and the convo continues right now. We are inside the 7 Series on the Danny Morrison Show on KBLA Talk 1580. Robin and I are going through it right now. Shout out to Nola Baby 60. Just sent me a message. She said, at Danny Mo Show, I'm listening to your show right now and you are cracking me up with the Andrew Jackson comments <laughs> regarding too much face makeup. Not the Nestle Crunch. This is why we love listening to you. I'm over here screaming with laughter. You all must be incredibly skilled at holding in the laughter because I would not have been able to finish that interview. It was hard. It, it, it was, was really hard. difficult. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But y'all know what I'm talking about. You know? And I think uh, women that wear a lot of makeup like that, that's why you got a face like a Nestle Crunch. Because your skin can't breathe. Yeah, that's important. Is Take that care not of true? Skin. And you got to wear, is it hypoallergenic? Is that the term? Okay. Right? You got to wear that type of makeup. But I don't think these young women know. Yeah. Let your skin breathe. Yeah, you have to let it breathe. You can't wear that like every single day and not take care of what's going on. Like your canvas. You got to take care of your skin. Exactly. Yeah. Look, if I could could connect the dots on your face, there's a problem. That's all. Give me the crayons. (laughs) One, two. Somebody stop him. Three. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody. Can we get back to the seven series? Let's go. Uh, Seven facts that prove... Her kings and queens are rising. Number one is we had a black president. Number two is hip-hop is the most consumed music in America. Here's number three. And this is a good one. The poverty rate is slowly declining. Don't let social media fool y'all. Yeah. Things are getting better. Incrementally. But they're getting better. There is still a huge wealth disparity between us and Caucasians. Make no mistake. But we are economically better off since the 1960s. According to the latest data from 2019, a smaller proportion of kings and queens live in poverty than ever before. In 1966, the black poverty rate was, check this out, 42%. That's Mm. almost half of us living in poverty. Mm. You know what it was in 2019? 18.8%. Still way too high. But it is progress nonetheless. However, the white poverty rate has remained relatively steady the entire time, unsurprisingly, right? That's the third fact that proves the kings and queens are rising. Let's go straight to number four. Uh, Robin, you'll like this one. The queen's rule. According to the 2018 State of Women-Owned Business Report, commissioned by American Express, while the number of women-owned businesses grew an impressive 58% from 2007 to 2018, the number of firms owned by black women grew by a stunning, check this out, 164%. Mm. Three times that rate. There were 2.4 million African-American women-owned businesses in 2018, most owned by women from 35 to 54 years old. And here's a bonus stat. Black women are the only racial or ethnic group 
with more business ownership than their male peers. Hmm. Brothers, gotta, we gotta step it up, y'all. Wow. We gotta step it up. The queen's out doing it. Y'all killing us in every category. Mm. That's why y'all don't want us. That's why we don't want y'all? Y'all don't want us. Mm. Unless, you know, unless we could, you know, bring something else. Wow, wow, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. And, the, <laughs> and that is the fourth fact that proves that uh, Kings and Queens are rising. When we come forward, I will try to finish out the list. Danny Mo Show, KBLA, stay there. From Bakersfield to Los Angeles. By George and Wheezy, Danny Morrison is moving on up at KBLA Talk 1580. 1580.